Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an educator for 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, and an educational consultant. Let's get started. In this episode, I chat with Che and Pav, co-hosts of the Staff Room Podcast and DJs of the weekly radio show, The Drive. This is a first for these two experienced teachers from the greater Toronto area in Ontario, Canada, as they have never been a guest on someone else's show. Pav Wander, also known as Wander Woman, is now serving in an elementary school, but she served five years as a middle school science and math teacher in the very school that she attended as a student. Che, on the other hand, hails from Ottawa, but has served as a language and PE teacher for just over 20 years in the same middle school as his co-host. During our chat, they share how they began their podcasting journey by simply allowing their passion for education to flourish in other arenas. By speaking with, not at, Che and Pav have not only developed an impressive network of educators that they have undoubtedly benefited from, but have also learned and grown through this process to become better educators themselves. We also discuss the power of building relationships and how shared experiences, such as those that we are currently experiencing with this global pandemic, help to strengthen and validate the work that we are doing. The conversation continued as we explored how educators can and should amplify their voices, which can be done through so many formats and mediums. And as a bonus, we get to hear the background story of why Che is also known as the gym guy. Enjoy. Hey, Che and Pav, I want to welcome you to the Counter Narrative Podcast. I am so excited to have you on. Um, to be honest, huge fan of your show, so I am psyched to have you live with me and be able to dialogue back and forth, you know, instead of just kind of listening or chiming in through Twitter or Voxer. But before we begin, how's everything going? Fantastic, Charles. Thank you so much for having us on today. We're really excited about this conversation. Che and I have been talking about it for for the past couple of weeks now, so we're thrilled to be here. Yeah, Charles, you know what? We do a lot of our own podcasting and our radio show, but we've never actually been anyone's sole guest. So we're really excited that you're the first person to ask us to to be on their podcast. So we are super excited to do complete role reversal. Well, look at that. I'm I'm that, that no pressure. No pressure there. But uh, so, you know what? Before we get started, if for some strange reason any of our listeners have no idea who you are, which I would find hard to believe, can you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, maybe something interesting about yourselves? Sure. So I'll start. My name is Pav Wander, and uh, I make up half of a co-hosting team. Che and I uh, have been working together for some time now, and we started up a podcast not too long ago, a couple of months back, uh, just to talk a little bit more about our teaching journey and a lot of the things that are happening in our day-to-day lives. So I am a intermediate science and math teacher uh, from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I was born and raised in the same community where Che and I teach 
teach. Uh, so a lot of people find that kind of interesting because the first school that I started teaching at was in fact my middle school that I attended as a student. So there yeah, it was really crazy because there were there were a number of teachers that I had as teachers who were still teaching when I began as a teacher. So they went from being my teachers to my colleagues, which is an entirely a complete trip. But you really get to know them on a different level once you become their colleagues, obviously. And then you get a little bit more insight into what teaching was like back then and how it's evolved over time. And so those conversations have been truly very meaningful for me uh, as I evolve as a teacher myself. Pav, I had no idea about all these things about you. This is so good to find this sort of stuff out. Um, Isn't that lovely? <laughs> this is the way we roll. A professional educator, eh? a sage yes. on stage. Um, my name's Che. I'm a middle school teacher, language, GM on Rotary. I'm in my 20th year this year. Um, my journey to teaching is sort of the reverse of Pav's, where she is homegrown and in the community. I was not even a Toronto native and fresh out of teacher's college. I accepted the first job on my first interview, not knowing the city, not knowing the community, not knowing uh, all the immense different backgrounds of all my students. Ottawa is a very, I'm from Ottawa. Ottawa is a very singular type of culture. So it was really a life changer to go into a community that I knew none of the cultures, none of the backgrounds. And so it's been a great educational journey uh, to be a middle school teacher in such a vibrant and, and diverse community. It certainly made me a much better human being and much more aware uh, of the role a teacher plays in facilitating great learning opportunities for such a diverse community. We well, thank you guys. You know, I know that you mentioned already, you, you kind of touched on the podcast, but you know, you have more than the podcast. So I wanted to give you a moment. Can you share a little bit with us the, the work that you're doing there and, and maybe what sparked it? Yeah, you know, I'll go, I'll go into the beginnings of the podcast and then maybe Che can uh, continue on the story. Um, we do that quite well. So uh, I'll start. And um, back when I was in middle school, I had a friend uh, in class with me who uh, after many, many years, got in touch with me. He knew that I taught in the same school where we both attended, and he wanted to get in touch with one of our teachers at the time. So he asked if I could help with getting in touch with that. He's a real estate agent, but also has a really thriving podcast of his own. Uh, he was looking for a way to give back to the community. And I suggested, hey, you know, podcasting is really cool. It would be really awesome if our students were exposed to sort of that aspect of your job and, uh, you know, what you use your podcast for, because people don't really equate real estate to podcasting. So how are you using podcasting in your profession? And is this something that our students might be interested in doing in the future or even right now? So I brought this to Che last year. I didn't have a homeroom class of my own. I was solely a science rotary teacher. And so uh, I said, hey, Che, you know, I've got this amazing opportunity. Would you be interested in doing this with your class? Because Che was doing an amazing genius hour project uh, with his students. And I thought that this would be a fantastic culminating activity for that. So Che and I talked about it and it was an immediate, yes, let's, let's do it. This is going to be a great opportunity. So we got our Chase class together and ready to record their own podcasts on topics of their choosing. 
and we took them all down to the studio um, and and we spent a day there. But before that, the host of the show, my friend, wanted to do a podcast episode with just Che and myself talking about teaching and the challenges and why we thought of doing this project with our students and, you know, talking a little bit about the enriching experiences. Well, Che and I, you know, it was supposed to record like a five to 10 minute little clip that would go at the beginning of the students episode. And it turned into a 40 minute episode on its own. We had so much to talk about. We had so many interesting prompting questions and just the conversation just went on and on because as non-educators, they were so just thrilled to see what education looks like today and how much it's evolved. And they were just, just so interested in finding out more. And as we were talking to them, we felt this is you know, some of the conversation that we had, we only just touched the surface. We could talk for hours and hours and hours about this stuff. And so we decided to start our own just to talk about, you know, the everyday things that are happening in our classrooms and in our schools. And it became that very raw and organic sort of podcast that we have now. So really right to the minute, and, uh, and we touch on all, all, all those topics that we find to be pertinent. And from there, we've evolved into doing so many more things. And I'll leave that to you because I think I've talked enough, Che. <laughs> and you can sort of go over some of the other things that we've evolved into. My takeaways are that you can talk for hours and hours and hours. Um, I, I give you about 10 minutes on a podcast of good quality content, and then I stretch everything out, sort of like a, a language lesson, so to speak. Um, the the podcast when we got into starting our podcast it was just that it was so organic it was literally at the end of the day on friday we're going to do this little makeshift studio in the back of our classroom and then we're just going to talk about something that's on our mind something that happened that week uh something that happened that day so it was really organic really fresh to the moment and what happens when you start podcasting is you start to one, you start to learn, you start to self-reflect, you really start to build your own capacity as a teacher. And you could see, I could feel the immediate impacts that as a podcaster, it was benefiting my teaching. And then you be, it becomes, it's an adrenaline rush. You want to podcast more. So when our original plan was, we'll podcast once a month, and then that quickly turned into once a week, and then it turned into uh, once a week plus a little interlude. And we really got excited by it. And then in trying to build your podcast in the sense that you're trying to have content, you were studying more, you were reading more. And when people ask, you know, what is our podcast about? I always said, it's like watching an NBA basketball game. And at halftime, they go to Shaq, Kenny and Charles, and they just give their little lowdown on what happened. And Pav and I just give our lowdown on what we've seen. And that's the, how I best explain our podcast. It's just analyzing what we see, what we see as we teach. And then in, building our podcast and building some excitement, we reached out a little further. So we engage and we read in more articles. And those articles sometimes become the entire episode. We're just going to review an article, not necessarily a book or not necessarily an entire pedagogy, but someone else's opinion on education. And it just blossomed from there because the podcast then turned into 
uh, is a great way of even telling our students because our students in our room, they follow our progress. They're very excited. Students, even our middle school students, 13 or 14, as much as it's sort of cool to not pay attention to your teacher, they really do care. They really care about the adults in their building. And so they're always slightly curious about how's the podcast doing? How's this doing? How's that doing? How can we help? And then you have kids that will show up on Monday morning with podcast posters. And that energy really inspired us to keep going and and reaching out to people and connecting with people. And one thing we brought back to our students is if you see what Pav and I are trying to do is that we're just, we're working hard, we're hustling, we're really found our passion and we're going for it. And those passions, they get noticed by people. That hard work, it gets noticed by people. And so we were really blessed to have a school rubric sort of notice our efforts and, and sort of uh, connect with us. And we've been really blessed to have Voicehead Radio and Stephen Hurley who saw our podcast and wanted to connect our podcast to his, which is an online radio educational platform. It's mostly based out of Canada, but it, it does have international connections, but that's its foundation. Its roots is Canadian education and it's got radio podcasts and Stephen Hurley so loved our energy and our enthusiasm and sort of the the style of the podcast. He said, it'd be really great if we could turn this into, you know, something more informal, something more just easy listening. And so we had this idea. We brainstormed, let's, let's create a, a live drive radio show where it's a little bit of education, but it's it's foundation is music and connecting through music and ultimately the staff room podcast has blossomed into the drive with jay and pav and it is a whole new experience whole new energies and when we bring it back to our students because as teachers we always want to bring it back to our students that your passions and your enthusiasms can bring you a world of opportunities that people will notice the grind people will notice the hustle and when you treat people authentically and you and you work really hard opportunities can can come your way and then as pav and i haven't quite figured out yet we never say no to an opportunity at some point we'll have to <laughs> when it's when you when you're stretched too thin but that one classroom genius hour project led to our podcast led to a radio show led to a connection with a uh, school rubric which is an international website for international schools and what what specialty do we have nothing we're teachers. We're an expert in being teachers and we just work really hard and our passions uh, have provided us opportunities. And so when we bring that back to our students, it's always about passion and working really hard and people will notice what you do. You know, guys, I, I love the idea that what you just said was that, you know, it's authentic, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that you're an edge of celebrity as we talk about or hear about. It's not trying to be out there and impress people with, you know, the, these vocabulary terms and buzzwords. It's just simply, this is something that I am passionate about. This is something that I want to put hard work into and that authenticity comes through. And, and, and I think, you know, educators flock to that because they, they they're tired of you know the people out there just kind of like yes i know best listen to everything i have to say and instead let's just talk about the things that are happening like i, I love that give the lowdown and this is what i saw these are my thoughts and you know take it or leave it but i i love that approach to this yeah i think that you know a lot of teachers are sick of being as you said they're sick of being talked at and they just want to talk with other educators. Mm -hmm. And and I think that we've really been able to tap into that. I mean, unintentionally, we didn't necessarily think that we were going to build such an amazing professional learning community through through Twitter. We've connected with, I would say, hundreds and 
well, thousands of, of teachers who have communicated with us at some point that, you know, a lot of the things that we are experiencing in school are shared experiences. And so we've been able to learn so much from them and they've been able to learn from the, uh, from us. And it's that dialogue that's really been keeping things going. And we've been learning so much from that. Pav, I would jump in to say, if the podcast were to end now, if the radio show were to end now, if everything were to, to you know, fizzle out, I'm a better teacher than I was when this started. I'm just mm-hmm. inherently a much better teacher, which means I'm better for my students, which means I'm better for my community. So as much as we've really grown and that's been really exciting to the core of our podcasting was self-reflection and we self-reflect to learn and evolve. And through the building of our podcast, the building of our PLN, the building of of informal Voxer conversations, I am inherently, even at 20 years in, the growth in my teaching practice and, and my intuitiveness and my instincts is improved exponentially in this time. So if you want to become an advocate for teachers to jump into podcasting or sharing your voice or writing your blog, it always comes back down to, I'm so much better in my classroom, which means I'm so much better for my students and my community. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. So guys, I, I have to ask, you know, taking all of this, right? I'm, I'm growing and becoming better as a teacher, not just for myself, but for my students. Can we talk a little bit about how you're utilizing that growth, how you're utilizing the exposure that you have to help change the narrative around education and maybe share a success story or just, just some of the work that you're doing there? Um, I would say that for us, it's it's been a lot of relationship building. If there's one thing that we've learned over the past couple of months is that uh, not only do teachers and students thrive between one another with that with that increased relationship building, but also teachers among each other. We're we're in the trenches together. We're doing this, we're doing everything together. And the more we discuss and the more we have that dialogue with other teachers that we are around, the more that we gain those shared experiences or the more that we can learn through those shared experiences. Now we live we live in in a bit of a bubble, right? And we teach in a bubble. We teach in our school. Our school is a system. It's a community in unto itself. But once you branch yourself out of that community and start to learn what's happening in other schools around you, that's pretty expected as well. You kind of would see that the schools that are close to you have some commonalities with things that are happening in your schools. But when you branch out to a school that is on the other side of the continent, and you are experiencing the same things, the same issues that they are experiencing, all of this COVID-19 stuff aside, I mean, this is even before all of that, and you find that you have things, experiences that are shared. We've grown so much through those relationships. And I think that that's, you know, making connections with other educators is is sort of changing the narrative of education because you're able to share so much between the two of you and you can try things together from from such huge distances apart. And I found that to be very, very um, like impactful for us as educators. And we can now take the information that we're gaining from those educators on the other side of the continent or even the other side of the globe Um, and bring those back into our classroom and share those experiences with our students. And that has made a huge difference because it makes the learning more global and it makes it more enriching, in my opinion. So uh, for me, I feel like that's 
the relationships that we've built have, have really helped to change some of the narrative within education. And I think that that's something that's still evolving and something that, um, that I think a lot of teachers will take a lot of benefit from. I'd add on to that, Pav, is that it also, it just embeds a, a certain amount of confidence in yourself. Lots of teachers have natural instincts to teach really well, connect with students, build relationships. But sometimes you, you need a little bit of validation. You want a little bit of the sort of educational terminology to know what you're doing, where it fits in, what what type of pedagogy is it, or how is it supporting? So to know to build relationships is probably something I've always sort of naturally lent myself to. But to be able to know and articulate the real benefits of it, I know podcasting and, and connecting has really allowed me to really articulate some of the things I do intuitively to really know what it is that I'm doing, sort of understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, as an extension now to have sort of a prime example of how sort of podcasting the Twitterverse and, and building that PLN has impacted me or directly impacted me. I'll take something as simple as sketch noting. I never really had engaged in sketch noting. It's sort of seen the odd picture here or there, but it isn't really embedded in our school culture. And Pav, you talked about that. We do really live, we all teach in little bubbles as much as education is shared across the globe, we sort of get compartmentalized in our school and what are the practices of, of our school. And sketchnoting isn't something I'd ever really done before, but I'd seen it on Twitter and I'd seen people talking about it. And I said, okay, I've got some pretty good language lessons, but I can try to embed this here. I can try to, to put this in there. And I did it and it worked. And then you share it back to your PON. You share it back globally and people will give you feedback. Oh, this looks really great. This looks really well. This worked well. And you build your teaching practice through seeing things, bringing it back into your practice and then giving it back to the community you got it from. And you see such growth. And then if I were to say one more thing on sort of that intuitive trusting your instincts, I've often joked about, you know, all I need to teach is a, is, is a whiteboard marker and a pack of sticky notes, and I got it. And then once I talked about sticky notes, and I, I was a little nervous in a, in a mastery chat to talk about sticky notes. I said, are teachers going to laugh at me when I say all I need are sticky notes, that I can make a great lesson on sticky notes? Because, you know, we, we talk about Padlet, we talk about Google Classroom, and all I'm going to share is I got a sticky note. And I, and I put that tweet out there. I said, you know, all I need to make a lesson is a good a sticky, is a sticky note. And the feedback was fantastic because teachers said, yeah, I used a sticky note for this. I use sticky notes for that. You could try using sticky notes for this. And they all had pictures of sticky notes. And so it's sort of funny when things you do intuitively that you know are working in your class, sometimes you can be a little nervous and you're not sure, is this good teaching practice? Are people going to relate to this? Are people going to connect to this? And then you take that leap and you share and you get such great feedback back and then you get such great examples back so when you talk about sort of podcasting and the pln how do you what do you find and how does it impact pav i would jump on that social emotional learning you were talking about and it just knows that it really impacts us to validate things we're already doing and it just it gives us ideas on what to do you know I, i'm so glad you guys mentioned the validation point. Somebody I was speaking to not too long ago, you know, talked about this exact thing, right? Kind of opening ourselves up to vulnerability. Um, because regardless, right, people are always going to comment, people are always going to give their feedback. And if we focus on the negative, which we are like, naturally inclined to do, then all we're going to see are those negative comments. So you know, Che, when you said, hey, I use, you know, postage, I'm, I'm sure there are some people out there like, what is this guy talking about? But then at the same time, you open yourself up to so many other people are saying, hey, I was in that same boat. 
you know, I, I, I don't want to admit this out loud, but now, yeah, hey, we're, we're all here together. And so there is definitely that validation, which won't come from people sitting in their classrooms, sitting on their islands, their silos, whatever you want to call it, um, which then lends itself to, like you just said, you know, to, to building those connections and those relationships because, hey, now we got a little pod, uh, a post-it crew, right? Or, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, so guys, I have to ask, you know, of course, there there are people listening. And, and I know we talk a lot about this in education that, hey, here are these two people, they're rocking it out. They've got the podcast, they've got the show, they're doing this, they're doing that. But uh, obviously, you know, everything's not always so smooth and easy. So can you share with us just maybe some of the obstacles that you have faced or, you know, that you've encountered as you've been trying to really make an impact, a positive impact in the world of education? Uh, Charles, I think for this, Che and I have talked about um, about this question, and I'm going to throw this one to Che to start because uh, part of our discussion, we just we had such a rich discussion about it um, when we were going over, uh, you know, some things to talk about that uh, I, I think I need to throw it to him, and then I'll add. So we'll we'll do a little bit of role reversal right now. Hey, no problem. I think you just threw me under the bus. No, no, no! I didn't throw <laughs> you under the bus. I, I gave you the credit for the conversation that we had earlier. I don't want to take your answers and present them as mine. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> <laughs> well put. You've learned a lot from your middle school students. Yes, Quickly yes, throw I people have. under the bus and then you pass it off like you're giving me a gold sticker or something. I gave you a gold sticker earlier today. <laughs> As we talked about, even us adults like simple validation. Give me a gold sticker for saying something smart, and I'm going to feel good all week. That's right. Obstacles have been many obstacles, small, big, unexpected. Um, one of sort of Charles, the hidden stories behind our podcast is we always talk on the positive. We want to stay on the positive, right? We are inspired by our students, but we were also inspired. And, you know, when you talk about impact, everything impacts you, whether it's positive or negative impacts dictate your, your output. And we were in a situation where we didn't feel as educators, as teachers, that our voice was being heard. Um, that I was in a place where as a teacher, I knew if I was talking with certain other adults in my building, that I would absolutely intentionally say the opposite thing to what I wanted, because I knew they would disagree and then go the other route. It was so predictable that that's what I was doing. Almost like Bugs Bunny. And so <laughs> a lot of our podcast originally was built on the positive, inspired by our students, but also as teachers wanting to find our voice when we found our voice just wasn't being heard or being ignored. And I could tell you the little secret of the hashtag why I call myself Jim Guy, as even though I have 20 years experience in my community with my students, which is filled with lots of highs and lows. I was referenced that once, you know, you're only a gym guy to this community. I felt like saying, well, if we could go and we could break that down into what a gym guy means. But I took that as almost like Michael Jordan. Like you, what? You think I'm just a gym guy? I'll show you what just a gym guy could do. I'll show you the type of voice I can have. I can show you the type of insights I can have. And that was big fire for me is I am more than just a gym guy. 20 years of experience with all the highs and lows that come with great teaching comes with a, a diverse community. Um, I've seen lots. I've done lots. And as a teacher, I've made lots of mistakes. That's why 20 years in, I'm pretty comfortable that I'm that I'm 
a pretty good teacher. I'm going to make mistakes, but I know I'm going to ref, uh, reflect with every single one. And so part of this story was there was, I just felt, Pav and I just felt um, that we didn't have a teacher voice. Our voice wasn't being heard. And so the podcast also, when talked about obstacles, like, how am I going to get my voice? How am I going to be heard by people when I can't be heard within my own building? And that was, was part of those obstacles there, um, mm -hmm. which is, you know, this is a luxury of the first time I've done an interview because some people say, what's the gym guy comment? Well, I'll tell you what the gym guy comment. Charles, this is what gym guy is. It's a reflection <laughs> of someone taking me down and just saying, you're nothing but a gym guy in this community and it was the michael jordan fire in me to say oh i'll show you what a gym guy can do let me I'm, so I'm just gonna cut you off there before uh, we move into something else though because that that voice being heard now there's two different avenues that people can take in a situation like yours they can shut down even further which which happens a lot um with educators um or they can gain the confidence to make their voice heard which is which is the route that we took um i've had some different experiences in the past where, you know, where your voice gets shut down and then it remains shut down. Like you're almost, you know, there's a thumb put over you. Um, you know, we don't need to hear your voice because you may not be in a position of power. You may not uh, look a particular way or, you know, fit the role of a particular style of leadership. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's ultimately, it's you seeking for yourself, what do I want to talk about? What do I need to have heard? And am I going to stay under the thumb of somebody who doesn't want my voice to be heard? Or as you did, Che, and as we did together over the past couple of months, is make our voice heard and hustle and work hard and speak authentically and talk about all of those important things to make sure that it gets heard. So I'm glad that we took the the latter route. And we didn't say to ourselves, you know what, maybe I am just a gym guy and, uh, and, and sort of stay quiet and say, maybe I'll just work on my craft a little bit harder quietly in my room, which a lot of teachers do. And that's fine too. But I'm so glad that we took the latter route and we, we made our voices heard. You know, I, I, as a fan of yours, I would say that I agree. I am so glad that you made your voices heard. And, you know, I could, you know, attest to that, you know, as I'm in CPS, you know, a, a, a district that has 400,000 students. I mean, the, the size of our district is ridiculous. And I am a principal of a small school. You know, we, we have less than 300 students. And so often I felt that same way that my voice was just not being heard. You know, I I'd try to go to these meetings if I was able to get an invitation or find out about them. And so oftentimes I just felt that my voice was not being heard. And so, you know, fortunately, I, I didn't shut down. I found other avenues and I joined groups. And, you know, I, I just started, you know, kind of spouting out wherever I could, you know, presenting at conferences, you know, whatever. And it, it's been growing. So I could tell you, thank you so much for, you know, allowing your voices to be heard. I know it definitely has benefited if nobody else's, which I'm sure it has definitely my educational journey. So thank you. Thank you for that, Charles. Yeah, we appreciate that. So, guys, I, I want to ask. So if, if there are people out there, you know, and I know you touched on this a little bit who are saying, hey, you know what? I want to go out there. I, I want to do something awesome and make a positive impact in education. What are some of the tips that you have for somebody who may be asking themselves those questions? 
Uh, I think, you know, we touched on several of these over the, over the last little while through our conversation. Um, we chose to do this through the form of a podcast, which was definitely out of our comfort zone because we had never recorded anything before. We didn't even know how do you record a podcast? How does it get out to all of the different streaming sites? Um, so we, we had to do a little bit of research with that, but it doesn't even have to be as as you know, tech savvy as that. And, and it is pretty simple uh, and user friendly. But, um, you know, we can we can write blogs, we can make YouTube videos, we can inspire our students to get into, you know, work in pairs or in partners with groups of people that we like to, or, or other edu educators, like minded educators to also come up with a way to present their ideas. There's lots of avenues or even get involved with Twitter ed chats. Um, this is a great place for people to be able to voice their opinions about certain things. And, and these are things that a lot of, a lot of educators interact with. So, you know, a lot of the ideas that we've had have come from, uh, you know, Twitter ed chats, and uh, we get episode ideas, we get um, ideas for our themes for the voice ed, uh, for the, the drive radio show. And so there's a lot of simple things that you can do to get your voices heard as as educators, and even as students. Oh, I was waiting for you to uh, throw me under the bus again on that one. But you answered took all the good answers, I see. No, 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 no. I was just opening it up for you to go further. And, and the gap in between is, is your way to jump in. That's what I always wait for. <laughs> Everything I'd written on my sticky note, you just took. <laughs> <laughs> to make a positive impact, I would articulate is that you want to do something. Do, do, do. Having a positive mindset is great. And then extend and take action on it. And Pav, you cited off a bunch of great examples. Maybe you make a YouTube channel. Maybe uh, even like our friend Taylor Armstrong, you're making your little run and rant or your Friday flex where it's just a minute of content or something. Or it's a podcast or it's a blog or maybe it's painting. But do something with your positivity that's something you can share with people because when Charles, you talked about vulnerability, we're all vulnerable. We're afraid to engage. We're afraid to sort of take that next step. But when you produce content, which is a reflection of you, people will gravitate to it. People will resonate with it. I give the example of the sticky note again. It was such, a, I was afraid to make the tweet, but then people connected to it. And so just, if you want to make that positive, be that positive player, pardon my positivity, produce content. And then you do sort of have to be ready for sort of denial, for not going ready, for someone taking a shot at you. Whether you don't get a lot of listens on your podcast, whether you don't get a lot of views on your video, whether your radio show didn't have a lot of listeners that morning, or someone doesn't like your tweet. I remember once tweeting about blocking out the noise and then the Paw Patrol swoops right in. What's noise? What's noise? What are you talking about? Sounds like toxic positivity. Oh my gosh. Um, it's <laughs> Pardon my positivity. But you have to anticipate that someone is hunting to get you down. And I think you talked about that earlier, is that there are people that will fixate on the negative. And when you embark on that pardon my positivity, that mindset, produce your content, have content, not so much to have a content, but when you share, people will gravitate to it. People will resonate. And then it builds that really organic network. People want to connect with what you're doing. They want to see what you're doing. So be positive. 
find something that you're comfortable, you're uh, you're excited to do, whether it's something that you're already sort of trained in and are really comfortable doing. Like maybe you love to express language, your English, your talk about teaching through poetry and you express it and you share it. Or maybe like Pav and I, we jumped into an area where we weren't comfortable with and sort of have learned it along the way. When people go back and say, we listened to your original episode, I always go, I hope not. You, you can start <laughs> listening for about you can start listening from about 20 and on, but in that long winded hurricane answer, positivity, do something, share your work. People will gravitate to it. Anticipate there'll be some negativity and some, some moments that sort of get you down. Um, Cause as Pavavai have realized like our emotions go much more up and down now that we're podcasting and the radio show and a lot more action on Twitter in terms of chats. Cause you always feel like you're right out there and you, and you, it eats at you a little bit. I think, our biggest personal learning curve is understanding that our emotions go up and down with how people interact with our material. And we sort of had to have learned to fight through it, get through it, because the people that will stick around with you are the people that are positive to you. Your your team will stick through your content all the time. They will hang around. And the people that inherently just want to be negative just for negativity's sake they're not going to stick around. They're not going to be there. And so you just sort of have to learn mm, they're, they're coming in to be negative and then they're going to fly off. My, my positive yeah. supports, my positive networks, even if they disagree with me, even if say we put out a video and Tony or Taylor or Charles, you disagree with our take, but if it's still positive and I know you're there for the journey, I can live with that or I can build and grow from that. But we know in all these realms, when you're trying to produce positive content, they'll always be the, the I call them the Paw Patrol. They'll swoop in for a second to try to take you out and then they'll swoop out. No, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of teams, I just want to pause for a moment. You know, I thought maybe, you know, Pav was going to go there. She was talking about the Ed Chats, but I wanted to give a moment just to let you guys give some give some shout outs to those people that are those, you know, those positivity members, those people on your team, um, you know, that you think deserve some recognition. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about uh, Education Never Dies, uh, our our team that we've sort of put together now, all of these educators, we we met on Twitter and we formed this incredible team um, and we just started thinking about, all right, guys, well, what do we want to do here? We want to help. We want to help educators. We want to help them sort of work out what their voices are and then have their voices be heard. And so that's sort of the origins of, of this team. And, uh, you know, we started putting together a weekly, putting out a weekly chat on Wednesday nights at 830 central time um on twitter uh with the hashtag education never dies and um and the nine of us we we get together and we put out this chat and we just have an incredible adrenaline rush that entire half hour and then a couple of hours after that as we try and get to everybody but um but this team of ours has been amazing and so we have uh taylor armstrong we have tony coppola we have michael murphy christine ravesi weinstein santiago meza che and myself and then we have mike earnshaw and josh buckley that make up the team um and and they have been incredible in in helping us to sort of talk about education as as a team all together is that all you got, Pav? You ready for me now? No, that's not all I have, but I just figured I'll let you have the mic for a little bit. 
Oh, you know what? When terms of podcasting, it's tough not being able to have eye contact and body language to know when's my cue. When can I stroll in? Am I on the right path? Like here, I'm just sitting in my daughter's bedroom, looking at my little pony sticker, saying, "Am I saying the right thing or not?" <laughs> like blind double dutch, like oh, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll usually throw something at him to say, "Okay, it's your turn to talk." That was episode six, and it's the only one we ever had to re-record. <laughs> um, so many people that have been supporters and are positive people and that we have to give shout-outs to. And, of course, the Education Never Dies team has expanded to just being the Education Never Dies family. And, Charles, even if you think of the way we've connected, it's the extension of let's make a Voxer group. It's fine to have the nine of us in a Voxer group, but we want to hear everyone's conversations. We want to help and we want to be helped. We want to share what we're doing and we want to hear what other people are doing. So the entire team of Education Never Dies has just evolved. And so it's everyone in the big Voxer group is everyone that joins the chat. And then it becomes really close, tougher to define like, you know, this is the core nine or this is the next 18. Or this is the next 36. No, it's just it's education never dies. Um, of course, we've had Stephen Hurley from Voice at Radio has been a huge supporter of ours that we have to give a shout out to um, because he he found our podcast. We had conversations, and on top of giving us a radio show, because you know what, um, you, you don't just decide I'm going to have a radio show one day. Someone's got to have the platform. Someone's got to have the contract. Someone has to have all those copyright things. He took a real chance on us on a sort of up and coming dynamic duo, an up and coming podcast, and he, and he supported us. And that support was more than just airtime and a radio show. It was coming to our school, providing us a couple of mics, uh, giving us some hints on some software, taking time to show us the software. Because, Pav, you mentioned earlier, this is not our background. Uh, so that was a huge support. Uh, school Rubric's been a huge support. Um, they've come in and sort of we're aligned with them or they host our podcast on their international webpage, but they've been very supportive. And every month we talk on a little Zoom meeting and they always say, how can I support you guys? How can I get a tweet out for you? How can I uh, help your podcast? And and then, then they'll say, and this is how you can help us, which is a great relationship. When the first thing you say is, how can I support you? How can I help you? So mm -hmm. their support has been fantastic. But I would highlight... Like, how did we find that support? And Charles, playing on the word you started at the beginning, just be organic and authentic. We connected with School Rubric on Twitter when we were just sharing stories of poetry. And the conversation just evolved, evolved, evolved until that opportunity came about. The Stephen Hurley, we just had a bunch of conversations, just organic conversations, talking about teaching, talked about education, and then it evolved. Where Pav didn't have a plan, we didn't have a plan to say, we're going to get on school rubric, we're going to get on voice ed radio. We we worked hard, and we, and we produced content, but we also just engaged with people authentically. Just have natural conversations and let it flow. And so we have to support those. In sort of the non-digital world, we've had our former uh, principal has been a big supporter. Everyone always loves our, our our photos. That's sort of our little niche, the black and white pics. And we've got a series of great photos. But that was actually our former principal who did that for us. And we just asked him one day, can you take a photo for us? And then he wanted to have a meeting. So we met him for a meeting. <laughs> and, 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 th and then he had a bunch of ideas. 
And then he had a series of ideas that he had a series of photo shoots. And then he took us out for a photo shoot and he got his, his nice little mini Cooper all washed and cleaned up. And he wanted us to bring all kinds of different hats. And he had all this gear. And I think he took eight or 900 photos for session one. And he's already planned to do session two or three. And again, it, it's, you get support from all kinds of places, but a lot of your support, it doesn't always come from the content you're producing. Never forget just how important it is to be a good human being, to interact with people authentically, ask them about what they're doing, share stories about work you're doing, because almost all of our connections were never based on what we were doing, but almost all of them came as a result of just good, organic, natural conversation with people. And then it led to, well, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could collaborate on that. Never dismay, dismiss the value of just a good, wholesome conversation with somebody. No, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that with the principal. My, uh, my wife does monthly, monthly photo shoots with my grandson. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable in the first like year of life, but he's he's now beyond three, and you could see every time she brings out the equipment, he like runs away, like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happens. Uh, no, what do you mean, Pav? You would never run away from a photo shoot. <laughs> no, I didn't say me. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> Wonderful. Guys, it has been a pleasure so far, but before we close things out, I just obviously we've mentioned you know, the, the things that you're doing, but how can people actually go out and find you? Um, how can they follow you? So to get in touch with us through uh, staff room podcast, our Twitter handle is at staff podcast and for the drive radio show, it's at the drive voice ed. You can contact us individually at Pav Wander and for Mr. Cheney or Che, it's going to be at Mr. C. Cheney. And those are are all of our Twitter handles that we will um, give to you as well, Charles. Um, We're also on Facebook, the Staff Room Podcast, and we're also on Instagram as the Staff Room Podcast. We have a link tree um, that's connected to our Staff Room Podcast page on Twitter where um, all of these different sites can be accessed. But you can usually just find me in the gym, eh? Yeah, just go to the gym and that's where Che will be. <laughs> you know what? I'll boom one shameless plug. Join us for the drive, 9 a.m. Eastern. Bring your cup of coffee. Bring your mint tea. Let's sit back, talk a little bit of education, and share in some great tunes. That's on Friday, right? That's Friday mornings, yes. On the Voice Said radio app or the website. You can listen live from either of those two places. Wonderful. And I can and you tell you, I had an amazing time listening this morning, uh, going from rapping with Tupac to damming out with the Eagles. So it was a blast. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Charles. You know, our music comes from so many different people who, who request all the music. We don't come up with that music on our own. People request it um, on Twitter for us when we put out the theme each week. And the difference of, you know, people's musical tastes and genres, it's so eclectic. And we love to throw together, you know, like we'll put some rap next to some country music in a musical set. And people just love that because it's so... It's like two completely different genres, but this is what we're dealing with, with the people that we, we meet on Twitter. Everybody comes from so many different walks of life, but we have that shared experience and that's what brings us all together. And so we're, we're thrilled about that. We're thrilled about all the different genres of music that we receive from people. Does this mean we're all done? Charles, are we wrapping up? This has been really fun. 
This has been really fun, and I must say, I've never been so nervous. We've recorded almost, you know, a hundred episodes, and I feel fine, and I'm loose, and I'm in control. And right now, I'm like, I think I'm sweating. I'm not even sure if my answers are any good. But we've had a, I know I've had a lot of fun, but I've, I've never been so nervous behind a mic. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. And yes, it's always different when we are in a in a different recording environment. So and and it is different to be on the other side of the mic, right? So um that it's a little bit nerve wracking, but I thought it went really well. And Che, I thought your answers were great. Well, it's because I had them all written down on sticky notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. And and furthermore, thank you for everything that you're doing uh, for educators around the world, for your students, and just for keeping the positivity going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Charles. It was a thrill to be here with you and talk about everything that we talked about today. Yes, Charles, it was really fun. And to you, congratulations on this new podcast. I don't know, maybe we're episode 27 that you've released, but I know you've just embarked on this journey. You're really well organized. You ask great questions. You have a great voice for for podcasts. So we wish you unbelievable success with your podcast and all your endeavors. Well, thank you. All right, guys, I look forward to our future collaborations and I'll talk to you later. Wonderful. Bye, Charles. Take care, Charles. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and the host at underscore CW Consulting. Take care. <laughs>